Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. As I step into the second part, I hope you all understand where I'm, where I'm coming from. I have taken time to slowly give you an analysis so that nobody is confused. Is there anybody who doesn't understand here? You understand the issues that are at stake. Yeah. And the only reason I'm saying it to you is not to give you head knowledge. Prepare your life. Don't miss the flight. Because the possibility is real that many will miss it. Because they were just not paying attention. Let me come to the local scene. For those who are here on Tuesday's prayer meeting, as our brother began to roll out the indignities that teachers were being made to suffer, particularly in Lagos State, where people are promoted and their salaries are reducing, and even the reduced salary salaries, they expect you to come and bribe before you can be paid. I was broken where I sat. Caught with a shiver. The depth to which corruption has gone in the conspiracy of the elites, not just the governments, not the rulers, not the president and his people alone, but in the civil and public services, small clerks and different people all of you, you have your fingers in the pie. You better repent because God is set to do something. But I'm not talking about that today other than to come and bring you to the point where you realize when we are praying for a new Nigeria, when we are praying for a new Nigeria, believe me, God has to raise up a new generation of young men and women. And that's where we want to do the next one hour in the word of God. So I can make it plain to you. Your role, your role, your role, my role. Who are the people who are in these offices? Who are they? They are your sons. They are your daughters. And many of them are coming to churches like this. So when we are crying to God. Father give us men. Who can match the challenges of our days. God does what? God gives you little children. He says, I've given you the building material. Are you with me? Look, Adam was the only person that God made campaign complete like that. Everybody else, you grow up. Your mama born you as a little boy. You grow up. They build you to whatever it is you are. Let's not deceive ourselves in saying we'll have a new Nigeria of a people who are ready-made, when we who have responsibility as pastors, as fathers and mothers in the homes, as teachers, we don't even know what it's all about. Are you with me? Yes, sir. And it's to make us to see our responsibility if we are looking for a new Nigeria to begin to come to terms with what we need to do. As that brother was reeling out all the things, as I sat there, I was caught with a shiver. 
like somebody who was struck with cold and so on and so forth, through the night, the agony was so much. The teachers that are supposed to be the ones who are laboring to form our own children are the ones that we are dealing with in such manners. What do we expect to happen? Rulers of Lagos State, hear the word of the Lord. Except to correct this, this shall be the first train of evil amongst the young ones. And I want to say a few things. First of all, to encourage teachers. During the week, as I pondered and pondered through this, I went back to one of my own respected Bible teachers, Chuck Swindoll. And I picked some of one of the things that he wrote about what he called an invaluable profession. If I'm boring you, you are free to go. All right? Listen to him. Many professions draw public attention like a slice of watermelon draws flies. Those who practice those professions are constantly in the news. They provide abundant fodder for verbal lunch breaks. If it isn't the money they make, it's the company they keep, or the trends they set, or the controversy they create. Their notoriety is somewhere between amazing and appalling. In modern society, they are significant and often irreplaceable, even though we sometimes wrestle with that fact. Admittedly, the honest ones far outnumber the spurious. I wish I could say that for my country. But as it's always the case, the lunatic fringe sells tabloids, so those with integrity are often forced to practice their professions against the tide of misunderstanding made worse by the storms of suspicion. There is one profession, however, that is neither notorious nor controversial. If anything, it is virtually ignored. Although essentially to the bright future of the world, also, although essential to the bright future of the world, and inseparably linked to the, to the home as few other professions, it has been treated with disregard, underpaid, underappreciated. Those who make their living in this field press on against overwhelming odds. They live with criticism they usually don't deserve. They invest extra hours for which they are rarely thanked and never compensated. They maintain a standard of excellence regardless of resistance. They remain enthusiastic in spite of daily discouragements. They apply creativity and every motivational technique they can monster without loud applause or verbal appreciation from their recipients. With dreams fueled by inner hope rather than by evidence, and with determination based on hidden potential rather than actuality, these brave men and women, they shape minds, they stretch imaginations, challenge thinking, and best of all, they model consistency. That's who a teacher should be. We are the teachers in our land. We force them to become what they were not. I recall my days in school. The teachers were models. You heard my testimony concerning Mama Shegun, heavily pregnant woman. She made sure that I studied my Bible verse. You come to class that the next day and you, don't, you, can't, you can't recite it. On her very heavy belly, she will whip you until you, until you do it. Where are such teachers anymore? Where are teachers who will see two students fighting 
And then they, is, they are, they are, they are colleagues say, two fighting, two fighting, two fighting, two fighting. And they will make sure that those who are saying two fighting understand the stupidity of what they are uttering. Because two is a number. Two can't fight. It takes two people to fight. Who are those who are correcting our young people? Who are those who are telling them this is the way of life? Who are those who are shaping their minds and telling them this is the way to go? But they have been corrupted by the corruption of the elites. They have been corrupted by the evil amongst our rulers. They have been corrupted by those who constantly are thinking it's all about making money anyway. And we are saying to ourselves, those that love the Lord, don't stretch your hand into evil. Help is coming. Help is at hand. But for those who will listen to this, who have already soiled their hands, it's a day for you to rethink and hear what is expected of you as a model. He said, they have one major enemy who they fight and tire with tireless energy, ignorance. All he snarls in all, although he snarls in defiance, clothed in the armor of prejudice and defending himself with the sword of pride, he is forced to surrender to his killed opponent. Knowledge inevitably wins out. Thankfully, the truth makes free. And who, who are those commanding the winning side? Who are the relentless, courageous heroes I'm describing? By now you know, they are those who teach. Regardless the subject, teachers ply their skills in classrooms in large and small all over the globe. The tools of their trade may not seem impressive. A piece of chalk, a book, a blackboard, a computer, a screen, a homework assignment, a smile of encouragement, a nod of affirmation, a strong word of warning, a grade, a project, a question to answer, a problem to solve, a commitment to stop facts, tact and timing, a provocative idea. Yet these tools are the very instruments that shape keen edges on otherwise dull minds. How powerful are, these, are those adepts with such tools? Think of somebody who taught you. How many of you have been taught in schools here? Oh, some people are not taught at all. Though. I can only see uh, Leke and a few people with their hands up. You are never taught. Oh, you are taught. If you are ever taught with a teacher, show your hands, my friend. Good. If you are taught by teachers, consider the lifelong value of their investments. I think about this. I remember Mama Shegun. I still wish today if I could locate wherever she was. My professor Ogunye, who you all know, I rev I, 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 I rever him. Because these are people who stood to make sure you were focused. Because of good teachers, my entire world expanded from the tiny to titanic. In classrooms, I learned to read. I learned to love books. I learned to speak without stuttering. I learned to, I learned to appreciate the art. I learned to play the piano. People like me ran away. They, they taught me piano. I did... Uh, mm. Let us leave it there. Amen. I learned to think on my feet, to answer tough questions, to stand alone without fear when armed with the truth. I learned to love biology, English literature, and history. I learned to think theologically to preach with a measure of confidence, to use the original languages in my sermon preparation, to design weakness and error, how to deal with difficult problems and honorary people, how teachers dedicated intelligent, 
competent mentors, tough-minded, clear-thinking, ever-learning educators who gave me their time and invested in me their attention, who early on overlooked my immaturity, who saw raw material behind talkative, my talkative nature, my overactivity and my mischievousness, who refused to get sidetracked, who held my feet to the fire and dared me to grab the challenge, who had enough wisdom to drop the bait in just the right places to hook me for life. To all of you who teach, I salute you. I hope I can say I salute you in this nation. I hope I can say I salute you. I, my heart cries and pains. And many of you have been at youth, the, the, the reward for excellence that was set up for our youth. Did you know we could not do it this year because some over, over bloated person within the Lagos State Ministry Organization stood its way and said, over my dead body, you will surely die. Kabo Saboshe, Maskanteria Mashida. You stand in the way of things that will sharpen the minds and encourage the young ones that you are destroying. The Lord will require it of you. The Lord will require it of you. Because if we cannot turn around the lives of our young ones, if there are no ones who will stand to sharpen the lives of these ones, the building materials that God has given to us to raise the men, to raise the men, we, we trifle with them, we destroy them. And even in the houses of God, rather than building men, we are busy building monuments. Heaven will ask it of you. Let us say the truth and let us understand why God is becoming vehement. We have stayed quiet for too long against the conspiracy of the elites, the rulers, and those who are in the working places. Heaven is looking upon you and is shaking his head. When the rod of discipline comes down, you better change your ways. But for today, let's go on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Said on the look, are, are, you the, are you the kind of teacher that has been described in this write-up? If you are not, you have something to aspire to. And I want to spend the next couple of minutes laying again what I call a template. A template to be adopted by every teacher that wants to be recognized in the halls of heaven and saying, well done. A template that is to be adopted by every father, every mother in their homes. A template to be adopted by every teacher in the Sunday school. Because we have just a limited chance. Our brother said, and you understand, that's why we are pouring so much resources into the youth amongst us and across us. As many as God will give us access to. Because until we change their hearts, until we make them see that they are useful instruments in the hand of God, and it takes the spirit of God to change their lives, we are just joking about the new Nigeria. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Are you tired? I'm not. I'm not. Let's go on. For those who are called of God to be teachers, I have to ask you this question. Seeing the level of strain that has happened across the board, whether in the homes, as parents, or in the churches, as Sunday school teachers, or in the schools, are you building men? Or are you are you building men and women of God? Or are you building monuments? The people who are exhorting teachers and others in public and civil places come to our assemblies. Those who are extorting money from them. Those who are extorting money from promoted teachers. They come from our churches. They come from our assemblies. We take off their monies and the offerings to build large buildings. Buildings of illusions. Hideouts for demons. Hideouts for vagabonds. And we say we are doing things 
for God. Which God? Which God? Which God are you doing it for? How much of the truth are we exposing these young men and women that are in the offices, that are in the public service, that are in the civil service? How much of the word of God are we exposing them to? How much of it are we telling them? We glorify them when they bring money as if that is what is going to make them be who they are. More so, more also, about the warning of the Lord on the judgment upon the robbers of our people. Your stolen money in which you have put your confidence and your statute, we have explained it, is going to go away. Before your very eyes, it will go away. Praise the Lord. Let's go, on for, let's go forward. Because the day, now give me Deuteronomy chapter 6, please. And as I gave it to you, I want it in both amplified, first of all in amplified. I'm talking now about the template. The template that I want to give to you so that everyone, whether you are a teacher in school or you are a teacher in the church or you are a parent in the home, this template is good for you. The word of the Lord said, and these words that I am commanding you this day shall be first in whose minds? In your own minds. The word that I am giving to you today must first of all be in your own mind. First of all in your own mind because you cannot give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. It has to be in your mind and heart and then you shall you shall, shall wait and sharpen them. Yes. So as to make them penetrate. Yes. And teach and yes. impress. Yes. Impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. So you say the starting place is where? Me. You, the parent. You, the parent. You, the teacher. First of all, you have to be persuaded of yourself, of the things that God is requiring of you. I can't give what I don't have. And it's not just talking alone. If they can't see it in my life, I'm just wasting my time. Just wasting my time. I'm busy saying to my son, go and carry your book and read. And here I am. Watching television. In front of television. I was going to look at him and say, why is this man oppressing me? Why is this man oppressing me? First of all, Impress the word in your own heart. Your life has to be the example. They see better than they learn, than they hear. Alright? It is what they see that they are going to follow. Start with yourself. Live what you preach. You don't have to be perfect. Because I'm not speaking about perfection. But be genuine and be sincere. Be genuine, be sincere. Let's go through that scripture. Yes, verse 6 and 7. And shall talk of them when you sit on your house. I didn't ask for a message. Yes, go on. And when you walk by the way. When you walk by the day. And when you lie down. Yes. And when you rise up. Yes. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. Mm. And they shall be as frontless. Thank you. First of all, start with yourself. Leave what you preach. You don't have to be perfect, but be genuine and sincere. Impress them upon your children. In a deliberate, active, thorough, repeated process. Emphasize, stress, prompt. 
to be sure that this thing is what? Is in there. Is in there. It's a job. It's a duty. It's something that we need to have commitment to do. You can't be too tired. Because these things take time. They take time to settle in the hearts of the people. The word says, how this is needed in the times in which we are. The word tells us that these are perilous days. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 to 5. Please, you have the scriptures. Help me quickly so I can... I can. Second Timothy 3. 3 to 5. If you have it, just go ahead for me, please. In the Amplified. Second Timothy 3. And you will see what the way he puts it here because it has to do with children. It has to do with children. For people will be lovers of selves. Yes. And utterly self-centered. Yes. Lovers of money mm. and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desires for wealth. Proud and arrogant and contemptuous boosters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. How many of you can relate to that? You haven't seen that. Even with your own children. They like to take your money. But they show you nothing in return. But except you teach them, you can't blame them. Talk to your children in the natural language. In natural ways. At natural times. Because they won't catch those principles by osmosis. And you can see, it's not going to happen by osmosis. If you don't teach them, they won't get it. And it's not just teaching them by word of mouth. You leave it. Leave it. Be the examples for them to be able to see these things. Talk to them. Looking for opportunities because teachable moments, they come and go. Teachable moments, they come and they go. If you don't find the right moment, but you have to be very vigilant to see these things. Let me say this to you. Our children, they gravitate to the things that are most important in their lives. They don't care whether it's good or wrong, whether it's good or bad. The things that are most important to them are the things they gravitate to. If their peers are doing it, peer approval will make them want to do the same thing. Because peer approval is a powerful influence. Except you have taught them in the manner in which the word of God says it. When he was speaking in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10, said, my son, yes? If my son, yes? if sinners entice you, if sinners entice thee, do not consent. Do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Mm. Let us ambush the innocent without cause mm. and show that his piety is in vain. Let if us you swallow. do not teach your children, first and foremost, the qualities of true friendship. What are the qualities of true friendships? True friends always seek the best interests of the other. True friends will not lead you to danger. Many of you who are reading the newspapers, you would have seen something that happened, a despicable thing unheard of in our nation. Where five students gang raped another girl. And it was even worse. They put it on the internet. Ah! 
in this country. And they are children that came from a home. Where the poor young girl said, kill me. Or leave me alone. The image we still can't get away from me. And it was so bad. You post it on the internet. I hope they get what they deserve. But it starts from here. My son, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Children will gravitate to what is most important to them. If you don't tell them about how to find good friends and the importance of the qualities of good friendship, you are on your own. It's in the home, it's in the church, it's in the school, the templates that we are setting that people will understand and do what is right. True friends will never lead their friends to sin or to danger. Let them know the inescapable law of consequences as spoken in Galatians chapter 6, whatever a man sows, it's him is going to reap. And if they are reaping the consequence of what they have done, don't go and rescue them like many of you do. Let them pay the price. It will be a good understanding to them that I should never do the same again. These things are crucial. If the building materials that God has given to us in young people, we will build them and then they become who it is that God wants them to be. You know, I cannot but be tickled. I remember when, when, when Andrew was dealing with the legacy of children here, and he told us, how many of you remember the story of how he dealt with the disobedience of his daughter concerning the money that he, that he gave? How many of you remember that? How many of you will do the same? Um, I can't bow in on it. Heaven will ask you, you are looking for a better Nigeria. Teachers be on guard. Understand the requirements and what it takes. And I speak for teachers in school, teachers in church, and parents at home because we are all teachers in one way or the other. Praise the Lord. Find the right kind of heroes to line them up with. Heroes who are not sports celebrities of questionable character. On Sunday, last week Sunday, I was coming. Like I was listening to this FM 96 point uh, whatever it is. And this guy... Cat Franklin, when he was saying things and so on and so forth, and in between there, he slipped it in. Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were drug, they, one of them was a drug addict. And see, and, and I said, ha, of all the people in this world that you can show as a hero, it is people who, in whom Nephilim spirits are living that you are pointing our children to. I sent him a copy of that, of, of that DVD. The, who are the people you are pointing your children to as heroes? Who are the examples that you are pointing your children to? Aren't there examples in the word of God of people of solid character, of people of integrity, of people of courage in the face of pressure? That's the most important. Courage in the face of pressure. That you don't have to give in. You don't have to yield yourself to all the wrong things that you are finding around you. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. 
In Proverbs chapter 3, 11 to 12, we need to teach our children how to respond to God's direction and discipline. Teach them to understand that whatever rules you set, you enforce them. I've warned you, I've warned you, I've warned you, it goes cut free. I've warned you, I've warned you, I've warned you, it goes cut free. Very soon he's going to know that mommy and daddy has just warned us. I will get away with it. Whip the madness out of his head so that he knows. He knows that warnings are warnings. There comes a point when warnings becomes real discipline. It says, what rules you don't enforce now will be enforced later by others at great cost. Discipline should be fair. Consistent and not excessive. You've heard that before from Pastor Dilly. Enforce whatever you want about with appropriate discipline. Teach them because when I speak about discipline, it starts in the home. But if my, my daughter sees me on the road abusing policeman, mm. tell me how she's going to respect policeman. All you rich people. All you rich people. You drive wrong way. Government people. Governors. Are you the only ones who are in a hurry? You drive in wrong directions. Sometimes your families are with you. They see the way in which you make nonsense of our rules and you expect them to respect authority. As you lay your bed, now so you go sleep on her. Praise the Lord. Teach them to respond correctly to authority. As we find in Romans 13, 1, don't bother to read it. You belittle the police. You belittle the teachers. Come. How many of you have done that? You go to the school because they disciplined your son. And then you, 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 you. Oh, you see? I never even know, say, they do them for this place. If ever, if ever it is, I want to know the parent. I want to know the parent. You will either leave this place and go with your child. And you face the consequences. Because we are not here for joke. We're not here for joke. Because the discipline that you fail to accept now, when it is enforced at a greater cost to you, you will begin to ask yourself, where was it? And then they become something else in your hands. You come back to us again. Please pray for, let us, help us pray for this child. Help us pray for this child. What you laid is what you are going to get. And you heard, you heard it from me here. If your report is brought to me, that you came to challenge whatever it is that has been done in putting your child in order, you will go with your child. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Share the experiences of your, of your own personal growth through correction. Letting them know that you are not perfect. It helps them to relate to your humanity. And then they can trust you. 
I wasn't ashamed to tell my children, my daughter is here sitting somewhere, where I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. So that you don't fall into the same thing. In that simplicity, they begin to understand. Well-chosen times of sharing are more effective than the nagging and the sermonizing that you want to do at the end of the day. Find a good time. Look, come, 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 come. Let's talk. Come, come to my room. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.